Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. From the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Welcome back. Hour number two. How D? How we doing out there? Good? Great. Coulter? Hot. Always. I teach these trail guys about temperature control. Man. Reese, what's going on over there? Can we turn the thing down? Oh, I turned it all the way down. You did? Yeah. I feel like it. Feels like it's outside, inside. It's not what the point is. The air is supposed to be conditioned. It's two telling new one. It's ESPN radio. Hour number two. If you missed anything in hour number one, check us out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcasts on all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can check out the two telling new one podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. Can you star it? Do you get to star podcasts? Yep. Star it? Okay. That's great. We appreciate that. The podcast uh, available from Altine Touch and Blackfoot Communications. If you'd like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And if you would like to listen live... You can do that as well. You go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. You listen live on the stream. The stream is available 24 hours a day. And then this show, well, the 10 hours a week that we're live on the air, you got it then too. Streams there thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Do you know who Adam Amin is? Yeah. The, the, The broadcaster. Yep. Sure. 
I love Adam Amin. Do, have you? Do you follow him on Twitter? Uh I have to check. Did you see his brief? I have uh, tweeted did, Adam Amin. Did you see his brief but hilarious obsession with uh, Amin Adamu from Montana State? No. So Adam Amin. And it Amin has the exact same name as Amin Adamu, except for with a U on the end and reverse. Right. So he somehow <laughs> found this and thought it was so funny. So he tweeted about Amin Adamu from Montana State. That is pretty funny. For uh, like pretty much the whole month of February. It's like, I love this guy. This guy's my my opposite name. So of the, of the national broadcasters, but that are not like the famous broadcasters, you know what I mean? Adam Amin is absolutely the top. I mean, I think he's as good as it gets. I love Adam Amin. I think he does a spectacular job. Can I have a rant for a second? Well, Coulter, it is your show. No, this is your show. I just participate. It is your show, my You're the friend. headliner, buddy. Let her rip. Um, this is not to say anything bad about Mark Jackson, but Mark Jones and Mark Jackson did the early NBA game last night. Yeah. And Mike Breen and Doris Burke did the late game. Yeah. I can't believe for the life of me that the NBA and the ESPN is not giving Doris Burke the finals. They're giving the other team the finals. Doris Burke is the best broadcaster. I mean, she's the best. She's the best. She's the best. She's the yeah. best color person in basketball. Period. Yeah. yeah. I just I just I I heard I looked I was I was thinking to myself how much I was enjoying Mike Breen and Doris Burke even more than I was wa- enjoying watching Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Now is is uh, Van Gundy, he's TNT. He's with TNT, but right. ESPN has the finals, right? Which is why it's Mark and jo- and Jones is great jo- too. Jones and, and Jackson, Jackson, they're good. Yeah, but I just I mean, Doris Burke like, just makes Doris me Burke. so happy. No, no question. I just wish, uh, yeah. I, I always rant and rave about all the vitriol and all the unsteadiness and all, all the you know everybody's trying to be outrageous or do this or that. The other thing. Just be regal and classy like Doris, and mm-hmm. it just resonates so much more than everybody. Yeah. I mean, DB is as she's. I think she's the best color person in all sports. I uh, well, now I have to think about that a little bit. I mean, John Gruden was just next level, but you had to be have a certain taste for him. You had Certainly. to also be a. I mean, when he's just going off about the fourth receiver for the Bucks, you have to know who that guy is. Let's so you're like, what are you talking about? Um, I think Van Gundy is right there. Van Gundy's hilarious. Um, yeah, Reggie Miller's pretty good too. Here, here's the thing: your color commentator traditionally, right, has been to add to the experience of the game through insight, analysis, some maybe some storytelling, knowledge of the sport, and so on. Okay, that's great. I think that's as it should be. But what's well, at the end of the day? What are sp- professional sports, Coulter? Entertainment, and sure. that's what they are. Yep. If you had Bill Burr just doing stand-up comedy on the sidelines while the game was going, every once in a while referencing something that happened on the floor, I would be thrilled. I don't need to know. I mean, some stuff it's great to know, and some of the insight is is. Spectacular, especially when it's delivered with clarity and at a level that the the, the common fan can understand. And there's a ha- it's very hard to do, and there's a handful of them that do it really well. Doris Burke being on the top of that list. Also, if you could just make me laugh, I mean, the, Mark Jackson and Van Gundy going back and forth at one another. True. I mean, I'll take that. They didn't True. say one word about the game that was going on for three, four full minutes of game time <laughs> sometimes because they're just howling at one another. So I'm with that, too. 
Uh, speaking of uh, going through a bunch of game time and not referencing the game, that's effectively what's just happened on this show. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about the game, that game being the NFL. How about uh, how about some breaking news first? Okay. More breaking news. <laughs> okay. your Conference not playing football. Really? Really. Oh, come on. I know. I was, like, so excited to go on a road trip to Haver with you. Bro. We, we had plans. We had plans. We had plans People don't for, know this, but we, we had plans. We were going to go to Butte and Haver and Dylan. It was going to be great. My we wife were, didn't even know we had these plans. But th- these are, like, trips that you could take your family on, Absolutely. too, because these are, like, great places. No, I tell I say see. she didn't even know because she was going to be so pumped. Go to Haver, see what's going on. Man, that's... Of all of this, that's the most disappointing one to me. I was so excited to kick it in what, who? Dylan. Why? Why do you mean why? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, are I know. Asking, are you asking what changed? Yeah. That would be the more like, adequate question. The why to literally everything right now is, God, I was thinking about this last night. I was like, man. Okay, hard knocks. It's like this is gonna be an hour of my life where I don't have to think about oh, you kidding the me? election. Oh, I don't have about, to think about yeah. coronavirus. And the whole hard knocks is about <laughs> coronavirus. I, we I just we can't escape, man. We can't escape. No, okay. I mean, okay, I guess I know why, but what yeah, what changed? Who who said this? What the Frontier Council of Presidents met yesterday as well and they decided to move football to the spring. You know, listen, here is the thing that, that, that I don't, I, I just, you know, this is just what it is. But when decisions like this are made and you have a bunch of roughly equitable parties making autonomous decisions over the, the entities that they, you know, have power and control over, that are analogous across the country, a.k.a. these presidents, councils, and the conferences that they govern, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, Division One. Um, the, the idea that some of them come together and make one decision and some of them come together and make another decision seems like it would be the, what you might expect. Because they're operating in different places, they have different uh, cities, different population bases, different you know everything that they're dealing with. Even though it's conference, you know, it's about conference sports. If this is what we're talking about, but then there's there is some breaking point at which it feels like well, because everybody else is doing it, we are pressed then to also come to the same conclusion and do this. That's the most frustrating part about this decision, because like you're saying, when when everybody bails on the on the season, you have to move the season for the Big Sky Conference for the football playoffs, for example, because you can't just roll and not have playoffs to go into. You got to chase the playoffs. That's what it's about. But the Frontier Conference had a structure where they were going to be able to play and not lose anything. The NAIA granted them a basically a stipulation to say you guys can play in the fall and then. We'll have the playoffs in the spring, and you can participate in the playoffs too. I don't know how that would have worked logistically, but they had the out. So that's, I think, why this, you know, what you're saying is, is absolutely spot it's on. It's probably not ideal. And look, like, I, I, I'm i never going to sit here and, uh, we don't know. I said, you know, how many times I got to say this, okay? I feel like I, I feel like I have to put this caveat every time I say this. The, 
I don't know what the right decision, and I would I would argue that no one really quote knows what the. Let's, 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 I don't even know if there is such a thing as a right decision sure. here. I don't know that there's the information that's available. So I understand pulling the reins back, erring on the side of caution, all that kind of stuff. But also, if you're going to do it, I think it needs to be particularly in something like the Frontier Conference, it needs to be founded on something that's definitive. Here's what we found. Here's what the numbers show us in our area. Here's what the governor is saying. Here's what our cities and universities are saying, et cetera. And I'm not saying that didn't happen. I have no idea. You just broke this news to me right now. I haven't read anything. I haven't looked at anything. Maybe that happened, and, and, and if that's the right choice, then good. But also, it just feels, as it comes across the wire, like, well, it's reactionary. no one else is doing it. I guess we can't do it. You know, I give I give what was formerly Legion Baseball, but the state of Montana baseball, you know, a fair amount of credit for just going ahead and playing. You know, I it the season didn't the season was by no means seamless. It was by no means normal. I don't know if the best team in Bozeman ultimately won. Maybe they did. Yeah, I mean, they're defending state champs. Sure, I mean, they're great. But all, all I'm saying is I, I, don't, I don't know any of this stuff. But they went and they did it. I don't know that anybody was the worse for wear from, you know, the, that that this had a negative impact on anything from a health standpoint. I, I don't know that it didn't, but I don't know that it did. And also, everybody else, even Legion, the Legion moniker canceled the whole season. And they said, well, that's fine. We just won't play Legion baseball, but we're still going to play baseball. And maybe that's defiant. It, I guess in a certain sense it is. But also, there's a level at which it makes sense given the place that we live and the limited number of cases that I'm, you know, relatively speaking, I don't know. Again, it, I don't know that it's ever going to be the, quote, wrong decision not to go, but also if you're not going to go, it feels like it, you should have to have some sort of... Why? Of accountability, yes. All right. It's endlessly frustrating because... Man, I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't know how to, I don't know if I want to go down this road. Don't do it. Let's talk the NFL. The NFL's playing, right, Coulter? Life is dangerous. That's all I'll say. Mm. No doubt. So is the NFL, and that's why you get paid $75 million to go over the middle of the field. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. <laughs> they have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, they are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, 
uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. The San Francisco 49ers agreed to a five-year, $75 million contract with George Kittle. Um, the uh, f- guarantees are as follows. A $40 million guarantee for injury and a $30 million signing bonus, signing guarantee. So uh, George Kittle cashes in on his WWE persona and his ability to block as well as to catch the football and run with it. And he is now the highest played tight end in the game. The Chiefs earlier today signed their outstanding tight end, Travis Kelsey, to a four-year $57.25 million deal. It has just under $25 million in guarantees. Obviously, it's a year shorter. At the end of the day, in terms of the per year, these are very comparable. Kittle is slightly better than Kelsey in terms of the per year, but they're very comparable. Uh, I would say that these are definitively at this time the two best tight ends in football. Um, I think Kittle is a little bit younger than Travis Kelsey, and so I think I understand why you get an extra year with George Kittle. George Kittle did encounter some injuries for the first time in his in his professional career last season, was out for several games, but you can't argue with how hard he goes, the talent he has, and particularly the blocking. As I've said, he's one of the only players that I you know watch in the NFL who who I can't wait to watch block someone. Uh, I don't. I, I think Travis Kelsey is a great all around tight end. I don't know what he is as a you know as an inline blocking type of tight end. He is as as big a mismatch and as great an athlete pass catching tight end as there is in in football and again i don't know if i did i say this already these these to me are the definitively the two best in the game at this very moment going into this season they're better than Ertz, than hooper than certainly gronk returning there may be somebody who pops up and i mean the first time you saw george kittle you were like well who Right, you know, never. I mean, so guys can emerge, you know, in the NFL that were relatively anonymous, uh, and that may well happen again. But going into this season, this is the list. This is the top tier, and there's two names on it, and it's these two names, and they just signed big deals on the same day. I agree with you that they are the two best tight ends in the league. They're definitively different, though, than each other in yes. terms of what they do. Yes, they are. But I would also argue, and I think that this shows the evolution of the position as well as the priority that teams are putting on the position. The more spread offensive spread offense elements infiltrate the NFL, and at this point there's no infiltration. It's, it's a full-on spread league now. I mean, everybody's running s- forms of, if not full-on spreads. But... Not in San Francisco. Uh, they, they still run some stuff out of the gun, though, and there's still a lot of pre-snaps and slot receivers and stuff. Yeah. But, but I know. I agree with you. But Kittle, 
his ability to move before the snap and his ability to engage as a blocker. I mean, Kittle is the best H-back in the league, even though he's not an H-back. And, and what Does are they going sense? to do? Yes, and what are they going to do in San Francisco? Period. The rock. Period. Right? But he and also can then go up and get it and go over the middle. But it can't be understated. Travis Kelsey, not only his ability to line up in the slot, but his ability to run option routes out of the slot. Yeah. I would actually argue right now that Travis Kelsey is a top three maybe top four slot receiver in the entire league in terms of his ability to actually run option routes. What does that mean? What's an option route? It means that the quarterback doesn't know which what route you're running. A lot of times quarterback does. You're running a skinny post. You're running a deep out. You're mm-hmm. running a fade. The option, you're breaking off the defender. It takes tremendous chemistry with the quarterback. But also, if you can run option routes out of the slot, it's how you make the offense unstoppable. And then you factor in Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey is perhaps the most important cog of any spread offense in the entire NFL. It's why Cooper Cup's so important to the Rams, too. When we saw it, when Cooper Cup went down, that was the thing that made the Rams' offense degrade. I mean, you can say Todd Gurley banged up. doesn't matter as much as Cup, even though Gurley is arguably, probably not arguably, a better player. Brian Cooks goes down, doesn't matter. Not as much as Cup, because Cup is the one that he run he runs himself open, but he runs everybody else open too. Randy Moss never catches twenty plus touchdowns in New England without Wes Walker. You gotta have that dude because he's the one that dices apart the middle of the field, gets his safety to bite. But Kelsey's the best I mean, he might be the best option route runner in the middle of the field in the entire NFL. Yeah. So he's totally worth the money. I mean, 97 catches is a profound number for a tight end. The other That's thing, what he had too, a year ago. Is, is you got to think about Kelsey in the context of of what they're doing in Kansas City. I mean, exactly. they, they are they are just here to slay you in every way. I mean, this is it's it's one of the most unguardable offenses from from quarterback and skill position that I've that I can recall when you talk about Andy Reid and he, you know where he's at as a offensive savant, and then the skill position guys that they have that they just keep rolling out there, man. It's just unbelievable, and so they have really built something that is it's it is it's very basketbally in so far as. It's not just the best player at any given position. It is the complementary way in which the the skill sets of each of these guys makes the whole thing work. And in football, I don't think you see that as often. It's the consummate team game insofar as you got to have 11 working as one and all that, and that's all true. But the schemes are, are probably more often than we are aware, but it still feels like that that – you know, there's. It's not that often where guys are taken where you go. He might not be the best quote wide receiver, but he will be the best wide receiver we could possibly have because he does A, B, and C so very well, and that's what we need. And you can see it. I imagine that all 32 teams are, you know, assessing in this way at some level. But there's only a couple where you can see it produce and see the way that it's supposed to work, the Kansas City offense is one of those. The the problem with these um what's the word that we should we should find a word to describe this? M- mechanism based spread offenses. The problem is when you assemble the machine, when you take a cog out, it hurts you so much. And if you have depth like when the Chiefs lost Kareem Hunt, but they had Damian Williams, mm-hmm. they were okay. 
But like when the Rams, when Todd Gurley gets banged up and then Cooper Cup goes out and then Brandon Cooks, I mean, obviously, if you lose starting players like that across the board, it doesn't matter if it's mechanism-based or not, you're going to be up a creek a little bit. But removing one person and having that make the other elements worse, like guys can't step up Mm. because – the whole thing is in synchronicity. I mean, you, 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 our argument about Jared Goff is, is so perfectly displayed in what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. When Jared Goff is the the piston that sparks the engine that is the Rams offense and all the other pistons are fully greased up and ready to roll, Goff's a pro bowler. But if, if he has to be the piston that sputters you along and drags you home, he can't do it. That's true. And that, that's where... These offenses are so are so sketchy though because one mechanism breaks down and all of a sudden the whole thing breaks down. I mean, in Kansas City, honestly, you this might sound silly because I think that Tyree Kill's more dangerous than Travis Kelsey, but he's way more expendable too. Kelsey's the least expendable person in that offense. You got to have him, right? Especially because the drop off is also going to be so huge. Um, yeah, and I think too. I mean, when you talk about quarterback, especially that's that to me is the is sort of the threshold, right? Because there's quarterbacks who are so good that they cover up the problems that arise when a cog is missing from the system. And there's only a handful of quarterbacks that are that good, that can figure out a way to be elite even when, and and make their teams run and score, uh, even when... The, the, the players that they thought that they were going to roll out there with aren't there any longer. And if you're a quarterback who has to have guys A through D all on the field or else you're not as good, then you're not an elite quarterback. Like, that's the reality of it. There's also this conversation, you know, the traditional idea that, you know, the offensive line, if you have a great offensive line, it protects the quarterback. Certainly that is true. Nobody, I think, argues against that idea. But also, the quarterback can make the offensive line better. Like, if the quarterback knows what he's doing, understands where the weaknesses are, understands where the matchup problems are up front and what the you know where the routes are going to be coming from and where to go with the, the football, if you have to block a, a, a pass rusher for a half second less, it's, it's the difference between a first down and a sack, you know? And that can be be because your offensive lineman is so good that he can guard for an additional half second, or it can be because your quarterback is so good the ball comes out faster. That is, you know, Tom Brady, right? That's that's one of his magic skills is his ability to understand and get the thing out, and it doesn't matter that he can't run anywhere because he never has to, and it, it doesn't totally mattered. He doesn't have an all-pro offensive line across the board in front of him either, you know? You're just not going to get there in time with Tom Brady. Like, that's just what it's going to be, and there's not that many guys that are like that, and that's where I'm at with Jared Goff. He can sling it, no question, and if he can sit back there and step up in the pocket, he can dime it out, and he can move you up and down the field all day. If those guys aren't there to allow that to happen, though, it's, it looks completely different, and all of a sudden he is a mediocre to just flat-out bad quarterback. And it's so tough in the NFL, too, because it's so hard to call, to cultivate depth, like true depth, 
to me, depth is not just having another guy. It's having another guy that's not a huge drop-off over the guy ahead of him. Of course. But that's the biggest downfall in the NFL is that with the salary cap, you can't have – your drop-off from – Travis Kelsey's a 98. You know, your next tight end, you can't have one that's better than the 80 mm-hmm. stepping out on the field. I was thinking about this in relation to – Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the of Montana's 1995 National Championship team. We're doing a podcast series. We've been recording all week. We're going to start rolling these out here in a little less than two weeks. But I was thinking about the, the, the in relation to this because that, that was one of the first teams to run the true like spread. And Dave Dickens is obviously the master. He's the mechanism of it all. But the reason that they were so, so, so dangerous is that you there wasn't a guy that if he got hurt, it was such a huge deal. I mean, think about how good the two main Grizz receivers are right now. Mm-hmm. Sammy Cam, Samari Torre. If one of those guys goes down, you still have a couple other really talented guys in Mitch Roberts and Gabe Sulser, but it is still a distinct drop. Yep. The reason that that Grizz team was so sweet, and I've asked several of the people we've interviewed already, because Dickinson gets all the credit, and he, deser- he deserves so much of it. But the, the engine, the, the entire organization is what made that team so ridiculous. It didn't. You could take Joe Douglas out of the game. Matt Wells is going to kill you. You could take Matt Wells out of the game. Mike Earhart's going to kill you. Raul Pacheco, Kelly Stenzer, Josh Brandon, on down the line. And they had seven guys with 40-plus catches. They're just slanging it all yeah, over the place, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and I, you can't – I'm not implying that you can cultivate that at the NFL level. You can't. Your, your drop-off after Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup is just going to be big because those guys are really good and you're not going to be able to carry receivers that aren't. But I think that that's, gonna be, that's the one drawback to this infiltration of the spread to the NFL is that in college, you really can't have that dude who's a sophomore who just hasn't got a chance who actually might be more talented than the senior he's backing up. Mm. It's not going to happen in the league. If you got a pro bowler, the other guy's not a pro bowler. It's just how it works. It's 2 telling you want us, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, Coulter, just briefly here, we got a second. The NFL you said has is thinking about or mulling over playing football five days a week this coming season. Now football NFL football has never played on Saturdays because of college football. They understand that, you know, that Saturday is the college day, the NFL's just you know, Sunday is the pro day, and then they have their one game on Monday night. They also have gotten into Thursday nights, okay? But now if the high school game being on Friday nights is also kept the NFL from playing on Fridays. But now they're sitting here going, well, why can't we go Thursday through Monday every single week? Um, Now, the players are going to hate this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think the coaches are going to hate this. Oh, boy. But I don't think the NFL cares much what they think if they can have nationally televised un- uh, you know, full wi- un- uh, uh, uninhibited window to their sport with nothing else going on, uh, they're going to do that. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think the players' union will, will compromise in terms of consistent Saturday games. We already have Thursday and Monday games. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the compromise, though, will be we'll play some Saturday games we're not playing Fridays. Yeah. Mostly just because of the logistics of scheduling. Like, how do you get back on track? If you ever, if you ever had, well, I mean, say no it, track. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, I mean, how do you make it equitable? Right now, everybody in the league plays a Thursday night game, right? Mm-hmm. So you make that equitable. Monday night is is all about, you know, the slate of primetime matchups. So that's determined by TV. But I don't know how you'd ever, if you had a Thursday night game and a Saturday night game in the same month, or you had a Thursday night game and a Friday night game in the same month. How do you ever get back on track? Because now you got extra days, not as many days. 
it's just going back and forth. I just don't know how you you ever get back into the streamline of a true true game week. Well, you would have to, you know, you would have to break the quote unquote routine, which there's already some precedent for, right? I mean, on those Thursday games, you got three days to get ready, and then you got nine or ten days off before your next game. You know, so there's there's a bit of an accordion in that respect as it is. Um, I th- there's not going to be any international games right this year, so that takes one of the the major sticking points out of this, and you know you get yourself uh, uh, some Saturdays out of some NFL games. I mean, I'd be all right, right, with a couple Saturday. I don't know. If I was an NFL player, I don't think I'd be so upset. A Thursday game is way worse than a Saturday game, right? Right. Because you still have the extra couple days to get yourself all the way ready to go for Saturday, and then you do get an extra day on the back end, and an extra day is big. Three extra days after a Thursday game, I mean, I guess it's nice, but it's not wholly necessary. I think the Saturday model works pretty well. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1290 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Officially... The MHSA is canceling non-conference games in football and volleyball. I'll tell you what that means, what the upshot is. And we might start high school sports in the state of Montana next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. You like this track, Coulter? $375 a beer a minute. To tell anyone. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you're wondering what he's talking about, you got to listen to Grizz Grace, Silver Anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. Uh, we have been recording some uh, episodes already. We have begun the process, and... Uh, it is shaping up to be glorious. My favorite thing is that yes. when we invite people, they say, well, I need to know what you're going to ask me because I don't think I remember. And then we don't prep them at all, and they remember Everything. an hour yes. worth of stories. Yes. Because why wouldn't you? It's an epic great, moment in this state's history. Great stories come out of that. Uh, let's jump into the prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And, uh, Colt, this has been swirling around for a while, but is official again today we've had some problems of things not being official but reported as official now it's official the mhsa executive board unanimously approved canceling non-conference games in football and basketball in class double a uh by a majority of the class double a athletic directors they also want to move football to the spring is that or they tabbed it it tabled a proposal, excuse me, to move football to the spring. So for now, football is still in the fall, but the non-conference games are not happening. How many non-conference games are there in Class AA? Well, quite a few because you play, a, I guess, well, now with the expansion of the playoffs. There's eight and eight you play, now. You play, well, there's eight and eight teams, but you still play nine regular season games. So 
and so you always had some crossover. But but it would only be two games this yeah. year, right? Yeah, honestly, I actually need to delve in. I need to brush up on, on this element because um, the conferences were pretty much irrelevant in AA for so long yes. because there was only 12 teams, right. and you played 10 regular season games, and four teams used to only make the playoffs, and now um, everybody makes the playoffs, right? Isn't that how it works? This this, this last year? Yes. Or I guess there's like divisionals for football now. Yeah. I mean, it's the way it is in all the other classifications because there's so many more teams, but yeah. That's... Here nor there. Let's talk about the real story here. First of all, in terms of actual um, reduction, Class A playoffs moves to 12 to 8 teams and moves the starting date to October 30th, ending November 14th. So they're trying to get it all done before Thanksgiving. The top four teams from the Eastern A, the top four teams from the Western A will qualify for the postseason. In our neck of the woods in Western Montana, that's impactful because, as we know, the Southwestern A has been the the league in A the last yep. couple of years because you've had Hamilton, Dillon, and Frenchtown that have all been top five teams in the state, uh, top eight certainly, and flirting with top five. So that's impactful because going from 12 to 8, I really highly doubt you're going to get three teams from one league mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs. So it does make it a little bit harder. And as we know, the power of balance always swings in Montana. Forever the Eastern A was dominant and the Western A was ca- playing catch-up. Now the Western A is a little bit more dominant. The Eastern A has Laurel and Miles City that have been really good the last couple of years, but not as many. So we'll see how that all plays out because we actually could have some teams from the West that are maybe better than some teams from the East that don't make the playoffs because of the right. shrinking of the playoff. Right. The other thing let's talk about here, though, is the fact that that proposal by the Class AA athletic directors to move to the spring was tabled. What I think we're marching towards, and again, I'll say this again, I have talked about the fracturing of college football and, and the potential uh, realignment or just uh, restructuring of the Big Sky Conference. Yeah, that it's in itself. Some people would argue, well, you know, Big Sky is too big. We don't want some of these schools, anyways. But by and large, that's a negative thing. They're, they're, if you're losing schools, if you're losing schools, or, or you know, schools in, at this level, the FCS level, are having to drop sports or football, you know, or drop a division, whatever. Not good. It's not a positive thing. What I'm implying here is not a positive or a negative. I think, think, think I think it's just a logistical necessity. I, I won't be surprised if Class AA, especially when it comes to the decision-making for football, breaks off from the MHSA for a year to make their own decisions. Because I think right now what we have in football is I think that it, by and large, will be okay for, for teams are, from Class A through Class C to play. Because mm-hmm. as we talked about, you have isolated, very rural communities where people have already, by and large, been around each other. The travel is an issue, but we'll see. Not a lot of hot spots going on on the high line. I mean, I guess there was that one that'll outbreak up in Shelby, but here nor there, it just seems like it's a lot more safe than in the quote unquote metropolitan areas. Right. So I won't be I won't be surprised if Class AA if they start making football at least decisions on their own, but we'll see. Uh, by the way, text did come through from a local uh, assistant football coach at the AA level. Okay. Uh, it is two games, just two games that are not going to be played, and it's the first two games of the season. Uh, and so the first game is going to be, at least for them, will be uh, September 11th. So you, you 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 won't be starting now in in the end of August. It'll go back a couple weeks and then into that second week of September, uh, maybe the first week of the of the double A season. And like you said, with the expansion to 16 teams, you got eight aside. You play seven games, and that's your regular season. And and that's viable. I think that makes sense. I th- I think that I mean. Sure, having nine games is great, and playing a couple of teams from, you know, if you're in the West, playing a couple of teams from the East, vice versa, that's, that's you know, it's fun, it's great. Um, 
<laughs> but if you're going to have... It's also logistically sometimes just uh, more efficient. Because, for example, Butte's in the east, and Butte is closer to Helena and, and maybe even Great Falls, but definitely Helena and Missoula hmm. than it is to Billings. Well, and I was going to say, too, going to Billings for a playoff game or Billings going to Missoula or to Kalispell for a playoff game, sure. I mean, it's what it is. It's the state. It's a big <laughs> right, state. Right. But, like... Regular season is... September 18th, you know, load up the bus and go eight hours at a minimum and maybe 10, 11, depending on where you're going, one way, get home at dawn on Saturday. I mean, on one hand, it's part of the nostalgia and the mystique of playing football and sports in the state of Montana. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't know how many people are going to be like, well, absolutely not. I was looking forward to getting a book down on that Billings trip, you know? No. So it, it, it's it's always been incredibly tough. Uh, in any case, so there you go. Seven seven games uh, for the regular season, and we'll see and it, what happens at the state tournament level because uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they just did, if they just skipped it and went eight teams, four and four, and go play a state tournament. Maybe maybe that's how it goes. I don't know. We're, we're a long ways from whatever that is, November. Uh, it's Two Tell Nuance. This has been the Prep Extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. I got a question for you on the other side. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Caribbean? I'm into it. Great right here. Never seen it. Muted. It's two telenuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Great to be with you on this very fine Thursday afternoon. Hope you are well. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate that very much. Uh, If you would like to listen to this show, in its entirety or on your own time, you check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available anytime, anywhere on all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can check it out thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications and Alpine Touch. All right, Coulter, you got a question for me, and then I got a question for you, so uh, let's let it go. What do we got? Unmuted. 
I want to get your objective non. Well, it's so hard. Partisan. Nonpartisan opinion. Exactly. Okay. I put about, on my dispassionate something. journalist objectivity hat here. So there's a big debate going on in the country at large. Imagine that. That's all we do now is debate. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not, actually usually not really a debate, more like screaming matches where no one listens to anybody. But here nor there, Trevor Lawrence has been the, probably the most uh, adamant about this this concept. He said, here's the thing. Regardless of what happens with the season, we want to stay on campus. We want to stay with our guys because it's just by and large safer for us here. And we heard Jeff Cho enter, uh, express similar sentiments. He said, I want my guys to be in Bozeman because, let's be frank, I have a lot of guys on my team that come from you know, tough backgrounds that sending them home to a, a place where maybe mom and dad are working limited hours or got laid off of their jobs and saying, hey, I'm here, feed me. That's tough. He said, if I keep them on campus, you know, even if we're, just, we're still social distancing, we're not practicing, I can at least get them to the food zoo. I can at least get them to, you know, we can feed them. We can make sure that they're safe. I can make sure that they got them. I mean, like Choate was saying, I can order groceries and get them to these guys' houses. I, I know that these guys are eating. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in a good spot. And I think that that dynamic is, by and large, even much more true when you're talking about schools like Clemson and Alabama. You know, you're talking about guys that are from the deep south, from poverty-stricken backgrounds. What's your thought, though? Because I, I'm not here to argue about the validity of entertaining people with college athletics during the the midst of a global pandemic. I'm only talking about just the lifestyle. I mean, to me, I, I think that it, it's a good point. I think that the guys should be allowed to be on campus or at least be in the town that they're playing football in because I think that it's just a lot safer for a variety of different reasons. So I'm going to do what I always do. Yeah. I'm going to take both sides. It's good. Where where I'm going to agree with you completely is in the scenarios that you just highlighted. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of students, a lot of, of athletes that go to college and they're in the most well taken care of, best circumstance, safest circumstance of their whole life by far. And so to, you know, not be able to be there runs a significant risk of, of a lot of different things in returning home, depending on what home is. Okay, so in that respect, in those cases, I totally agree. Trevor Lawrence saying that he's safer at Clemson to me was with respect to COVID nineteen, right? With in, 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 I'm safer here because we have the structure and we have the you know the 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 policies in place, and I'm with the team and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I agree with him. And in general, with that sentiment, when the football players, if that's what we're talking about, are with the football team. Sure. When they're not, college campuses have to be the least safe places of cesspools on the face of the earth when it comes to this. Sure. Right? I mean, you and I went to college, many of the people, we know, like the level of commitment to social distancing that the average grade A American college student is going to make, and it ain't that much, I'm going to say, just very guardedly. To argue that point, though, too, I agree with your premise about campuses in general. But if you're on campus with your teammates and you might run into your coaches 
aren't you at least more inclined to follow the rules? I mean, Trevor Lawrence's whole thing was you send these guys home. It's not only that they might come from disadvantaged backgrounds, but also you send them home. You got no accountability. Now, now you are just going to the party down the block. Yeah, I mean, I was just uh, watching Hard Knocks last night. Yeah. I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. And I'm not taking any stance here, but I was very pleasantly surprised with how serious the NFL players were taking it, only because what's one of the biggest criticisms for how much athletes get paid? We're like, well, man, why would you ever do something stupid to jeopardize yourself? But they had dudes mic'd up for both the Chargers and the Rams that were like, man, after this, I'm going home. Like, that's all I do. I'm going home. Like, Hunter Henry was like, dude, I signed a $10 million a year contract. If you tell me I have to do nothing but play video games after practice, I'm going home. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, and and I think that's, I mean... It's certainly smart, but it, the, the, the dynamic is totally different, right? In the NFL, you're talking about literally there is nobody else but the team at training camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the personnel. You and, go to and, Clemson, and, and, you got 30,000 well, other and, options of people uh, to be well, around. And you got resources, too. Oh, yeah, everything. Like the, 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 the lowest paid athlete in the entire NFL is making $385,000 a year. He can yeah. get his groceries delivered right to his doorstep. He can just sit his, and, his butt at home. And, and the other thing is, is, Okay, you know, will the football team will they will they choose not to go to the the house party because of all this? They very well might. You know, they might make that good decision. But first of all, not everybody's gonna. Seems to me. Second of all, there certainly will be house parties when the when the kids come back to campus. I mean, that's just gonna happen. Okay, that's the reality that no one's considering either. Is that when these southern schools, if they're gonna go full force, not only in football but in in on campus activity. How long is that? Good luck. Well, and, and look, man. Maybe it does. You know, I, I I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's a lot safer places to be than a college campus full of college kids, regardless of what the sickness is that's going around. That's all I'm saying. Here's my question for you before we go. You, Darvish, dominant Cubs pitcher. Okay. Darvish. <laughs> is he still good? Tell me this. Yeah. Give me his height and weight. Just off mm. your head. 5'10", 160 pounds. Six five two twenty. You Darvish, Osaka, Japan. Six five two twenty. As I sit here, can you believe that? I was shocked. I would have had him. I would have had him like six one ninety, maybe six feet one night. I don't know. I I told you I listened to the uh, one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever listened to. Yeah, with the great and legendary wrestler, the Undertaker. Yes, he's on the Bill Simmons podcast. <laughs> the Undertaker made a comment. He's like. Talking about his his bas- he played college basketball in Texas. Okay. He's talking about his basketball weight, and he's like, "But I remember when I first got in the WWF, I was obsessed with getting over three hundred pounds." And he's like, "So in my prime, I'm six ten three thirty five. I was like six ten three thirty five. Like goodness." So I tripped all the way down the rabbit hole looking up the size of these wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious that they're larger than life. These guys are the buffest guys in the Huge. world. All these guys are. Gigantic, yeah. I mean, all six <laughs> nine, six ten, three hundred plus. I couldn't believe it. Boys and girls, uh, for what it's worth, the Cubs are beating the Brewers two to nothing in the bottom of the second inning. One runner on first. Schwarber just went yard on a solo shot and no outs at this very moment. Just want to give you classic update again. Blazers, Nets. Blazers win. They're into the postseason. They lose their outs. Playoffs start early this evening in the NBA. Thanks for being with us on a Thursday. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow. Sue Tell Anyone is at CSPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear 
at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.